welcome to our next edition of the Digital Access Show. Today, I want to introduce you to a guy that we've done a bit of work with, and we absolutely love working with David. David Oram is from Atomic Web Strategy. David is based in Melbourne, and hello, David. Hi, Nora. Thanks for having me. Oh, look, thanks for coming, David. I have actually stuffed up. This is the second time we've taped this podcast because I had a computer problem. And, you know, the second one's never going to be as good as the first. So I apologise, David. David, can you tell us a bit about yourself, what you do? Um, so I've been in IT for over 10 years. Um, originally uh, started out in the search marketing game. Um, we were originally working um, in partnership with Yahoo at one point. And uh, when Yahoo pulled out of Australia, I then moved on to uh, web development and providing those services to clients, uh, specialising in WordPress, that is uh, the most popular CMS, um, and also a great CMS for uh, WCAG accessibility. Um, so we chose to specialise in that area. Um, the services that we mostly provide are website maintenance, uh, design, rebuilding of websites, um, SEO services, and of course, accessibility. What is it with WordPress that makes it a good tool for you to use with everything that you're doing? Is What is the attraction? Um, well, other than the fact that it's uh, extremely popular, um, I think it powers over 60% of websites now. Okay. Um, it's also the, the ease of use and the availability of um, software because it's an open source platform. So there's lots and lots of options um, uh, for adding functionality to websites, um, both free and paid versions of various plugins, um, a wide variety of themes and also some uh, great page builders, uh, especially over the last few years, the, the page builder software has improved dramatically. Uh, we first saw uh, Divi come along, which was um, a groundbreaking, um, and then Elementor came along, which seems to have overtaken Divi, um, which makes it a lot easier, not only for us, but also for the end user. Um, it means that um, our clients can now update their own website, um, certainly in terms of um, page content like text and images and things like that makes it so much easier for them. Whereas in the past with the, the classic editor, I mean, that was quite challenging for them. Um, supposedly easy, but when they actually try to do it without a technical knowledge, it was, um, yeah, proves to be a little bit too hard and they end up having to pay for maintenance and for simple things like that. So WordPress, you can bring in the SEO quite easily through WordPress as well. Um, all the other things you're talking about, accessibility, it, it's quite a adaptable tool then, is it? Yeah, so out of the box, the developers of WordPress have put some thought in clearly to um, SEO and accessibility. Um, so um, out of the box, it's pretty close. Um, it's, it's one of the best in terms of um, meeting those requirements for on-site SEO and accessibility guidelines. What is it that attracts you to building websites, designing websites? What, what is there for you that, that makes you say, yeah, I want to just keep doing this? What do you love about it? Um, I guess I'm creative. Um, I really, 
really enjoy IT. Um, I actually originally started out as an accountant, but uh, you're kidding. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but then got into IT later on because um, that was that, that was the area that I, I really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, so I went into development um, and coding. Uh, so my creativity is more in that direction rather than the artistic design. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I just like, uh, I guess I like building things. Yeah. How did you get into accessibility then? What what made you look at accessibility? Um, well, it's part of SEO. Um, I picked up on that um, early on uh, doing reports for, for clients on SEO and noticed that uh, Google is starting to include that now mm -hmm. as, as part of their algorithm. Um, so it was interesting that uh, they put that importance on it. Um, also, uh, there's a history of blindness, blindness in my family as well. So, wow. I'm, so I'm aware of the, the issues there. Uh, my, my grandpa, he was completely blind. Yeah. Um, he actually went uh, blind from glaucoma before it was a treatable uh, illness. Um, and my dad, he also um, came down with glaucoma, uh, but uh, they were able to treat it and recover um, some of the sight, at least, in uh, one of his eyes. Uh, so he was partially blind. Yeah. So. Mm. That's, yeah, it's amazing what you find out about people, even though you've known them for a little bit and yeah that's something I didn't realize with you so you'd actually obviously be very aware of the issues that vision impairment can bring to people accessing websites and digital content yeah that's right yeah, yeah. so uh, my, my grandpa was um, involved with um, vision Australia I think um, he, I remember as a kid he used to get the um, the audio cassettes uh, the uh, the books on audio yeah. cassette and things like that so yeah yeah um with accessibility other than the seo what is the importance of it you know obviously i'm aware of it and you're aware of it but can you tell the audience from your point of view as a web developer as a digital marketer why why incorporate accessibility um well there's a number of reasons um, I guess uh, from everyone's perspective, incorporating the accessibility guidelines uh, just makes the website a lot easier to read. Um, it looks a lot nicer um, because we're using nice clean fonts and clean layouts, things like that. Um, and the obvious is uh, for people who are actually disabled, um, it makes the website much more inclusive because they can access uh, the website and all of the features. Um, from a business perspective, um, it's surprising to learn that I think almost 20% of um, people have some sort of disability. So if you don't have an accessible website, potentially you could be missing out on 20% of the available market. So um, there's certainly a number of reasons for incorporating accessibility. Well, when you talk to clients and you talk about accessibility, and they'll say that's an extra cost. What's your reaction to that? Um, my reaction to that is to explain the the reasons why they might want to consider that. Mm. 
and also explained that um, it, it doesn't necessarily involve having to uh, get certification on every single page on a website. Um, we, we can focus on the key pages of a website um, and exempt other pages if that's required. Because if you've got a website that's uh, not compliant and there's hundreds of pages, then the cost can be prohibitive for some people. Um, so then we can look at narrowing it down to what's most important on the website. What are the steps? Well, when you look at a website, how do you know that there is accessibility built in? Is there any way that a standard person can tell? Uh, well, if you don't have a disability, it can be a little difficult if you don't know what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. uh, some things are obvious, like when functional, functionality, like menus and things like that, are um, difficult to use or you, having trouble reading the um, the fonts because of uh, the background colour behind them. Um, that's that's a giveaway. Um, what that it is accessible or that it isn't. That, that it isn't. If you can't read it as a sighted person yeah. because of um, uh, the the colour scheme, then you know there's a problem. Yeah. Um, there's also uh, quite a few online tools where you can check the um, the technical side of the website as well um, to see if it's. Um, visible to uh, screen readers and things like that. What what do you advise people like generally when you're out and about and someone says, oh, went and looked at this website, I couldn't find and, you know, find what I wanted because of, you know, the issues you've just discussed. What do you advise them to do? Do you talk to them about it? What, what What's the best thing for those people to do? Um, well, I guess I would want to discuss that with them and see if we can assist them in uh, fixing those issues. Um, uh, yeah, generally most most of these issues can be um, resolved. Um, mm. It's just a matter of investigation and uh, putting in time to to, uh, to look at it. What is the process that you use to design a website? That includes accessibility. Do you, you well, obviously you use a process? You wouldn't still be here and wouldn't be successful if you weren't. But what is the process, David? What what would you say to a client that comes and says, "I want to add accessibility"? Where do you start? Um, once we've established which pages uh, we're going to be focusing on, mm. um, then we'd start at the the higher level and uh, use the online tools to work out where the obvious problems are. Yeah. Um, and we would start working on those first. Um, and we'd also uh, be leaning on our knowledge and experience of accessibility. Um, and then once we've got it to a point that we're happy with it, um, that's when we run it past yourself, Darrell, to get an audit to find out if there's um, anything uh, remaining that needs to be resolved. What tips and tricks could you just say off the top of your head that are some simple tips that would just start them on the journey, David? You know, what what would a person that looks at their website and thinks, yeah, I can, you know, they're doing it themselves, what can you advise them to do to start on that journey? Uh, well, if they're doing it themselves, um, I would definitely be suggesting WordPress because um, yep. that will solve quite a lot of the issues out of the box, like I mentioned before. 
yeah. um, choosing an appropriate theme, um, such as the Astra theme. That's mm -hmm. what we're currently using. That's uh, very accessible out of the box. And also um, uh, making sure that they use appropriate plugins that aren't going to affect the accessibility in any way, in a negative way. Yeah. Uh, and when building pages, um, they need to consider things like the contrast of colours. Mm -hmm. So they would need to uh, check that online to make sure the contrasts are correct uh, based on the, the, the guidelines. Um, think about fonts and uh, navigation um, in terms of making sure the navigation is clear as to where it leads you to. Um, and also thinking about images and making sure that um, there's alt text available for all of the images and that it's a clear description of what the image is actually about. Yeah. What about the professional web developer, the web designer? What, what would you say to them? Uh, in what way? Well, in relation to, you know, should they do it? Should they, is there any industry where you'd say, no, don't do it? Um, you know, what, what would you, what advice could you give them? about accessibility and the web development techniques. I've done the web developers out there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, it, it's definitely um, something worth considering. Um, mm -hmm. it, it can not only um, give your clients a boost in uh, Google rankings due to its um, importance in SEO now, um, but it also opens the door uh, to expanding their markets. Um, and also improves the, the general look and feel of the website for everyone uh, because the, the guidelines, um, they really do improve the look and feel, um, not just for uh, disabled people and for uh, screen readers and things like that. You end up with a much cleaner design, much easier to read. Is there any other benefits? Is it easier to maintain? Is it more difficult to maintain? Um, I guess it depends on how you approach it. So, mm -hmm. for example, if a client was to create a new page on a website from scratch and they create a blank page and, and go to work on it, uh, they could introduce um, inaccessible content that mm -hmm. they're writing. Um, but we, we have ways to mitigate that. Um, so we can set it up in a way that allows them to start with an accessible page yeah. and then modify it to suit basically. Um, so that, that can help reduce that risk. Excellent. Is there any industry that you would say, no, you don't need accessibility techniques? Off the top of my head, not that I can think of, no. Really? Wow. I've always, I'd have always, to think about that. Yeah, I always sort of expect when I ask that question, people just suddenly go off in this long, long list. But yeah, that's good to know. David, is there anything else you'd like to say? Because, you know, obviously for me, I'm appreciative that you've come on. As I've said at the start, we've done some work with David and we recommend David and his work to anyone that wants a great digital marketing solution. What is there anything you want to add, David? How can people contact you? Um. The best thing to do would be to go to our website, atomicwebstrategy.com.au, and we've got quite a bit of information there about accessibility and we're contactable there from 
our contact page by form or phone. Um, so, yeah. And, of course, for anyone's auditing needs, I would recommend Dasa and Narelle. Oh, um, thank you. Because you, you're very easy to work with and uh, I think we make a great team. We do make a great team. But I think more importantly, ensuring communication for everyone is just the best possible outcome, isn't it? Absolutely. Yep. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. Thank you, David. Thanks so much for your time today. Okay. Thanks, Nora. Thanks for having me. Not a problem. And that's another episode of the Digital Access Show. See you next time.